Hey, 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 yes, you are in the right place. This is a Yup podcast, but just a quick shout out to Norway. Hey, you are putting the Yup podcast on the map. Yes, Yup, I got you. It's trending in Norway. Hey, Norway, thank you. You other countries listening out there, hey, put me on the map. Hey, and then a quick shout out for my brother, Mike Baldwin, who has a new endeavor. That is icecreamgraphics.com, where you find totally original cool graphics. They are dead on for what you want. So go visit Mike Baldwin at icecreamgraphics.com. So I, and then the word scream, then graphics, then .com. You know how to find it. Yes, I screwed it up before, but this is a new and better day. Dude, are you still in the closet? Really? Seriously? You're still in the closet? Dude, Wow, wow, wow. Tom is worked up already, anxious to get ready to go on this podcast. Hey, Tom is again drinking a Xenotopia, one of my new favorite drinks, sparkling water, which has kind of an acquired taste, but this is sparkling water with CBD, which for an old general contractor like myself really helps with the pain. And you're like, dude, do you smoke pot? <laughs> It's not what CBD is. And no, I did not answer that question. Hey, welcome to the Yup Podcast. This is Tom Baldwin, your host, the dispenser of incredible amounts at times, sometimes scarce amounts of wisdom and always redneck, that down-to-earth homespun wisdom that comes from experience, life experience. I did not learn this stuff in a book. I lived it. I breathed it. I rolled in it sometimes and I had to wash it off. Yeah, that kind of experience, invaluable experience. And so the whole idea of this podcast is to bring a little humor, a little fun into your life and a whole lot of wisdom that hopefully helps you avoid the mistakes that I've made or mistakes you're moving towards or just helps you just life easier. Just think of this as like, you're trying to climb to a higher height. Think of me as a stepping stool or something you're going to step on to get up higher. And no, I don't care if you step on me. I always tell my kids, it's like, if you don't do better than I did, I'm a failure. So if you're a listener to this podcast, I expect you to do greater, bigger things than I'm doing. And I'm sure that that's true. Hey, welcome. I so appreciate you. I say it every time and it's true every time because we are like-minded. We are of the same tribe. We think alike. We want to move ahead. We want to be high performers. We want to live well. We want to live with vitality. We want to live with less pain. There's this term going around and it's actually what, well, it's not the entirety of what this podcast is about, but it's called Suffer Better. And it's, it's from a guy, Cameron. Can't remember his name. He's a bow hunter. I should actually look on my phone. Let's perform uh, podcast faux pas here. Here we go. Tom is looking on his phone and he's looking at his audible here and we are looking. Yeah, that's what I thought. Cameron Haynes, bow hunter, um, a guy that has done a lot of incredible things. And so I'm going to talk about one chapter in his book that really struck me and kind of, kind of shocked me a little bit and how profound that it struck me. But one of his phrases, and he's, he's kind of, a lot of people say he's misunderstood. I think I get the gist of who he is and what he's dealing with. And I don't want to oversimplify it, but he is obsessed. And I think he says that too, and that he's obsessed and that, uh, you know, 
and he doesn't quite say it this way, but one of his phrases, suffer better, and that, you know, he works out, exercises pretty much all the time and is always, instead of resting, seems like comes across from his book, hey, this is only listening to the audio book, but the whole point is, you know, the more you can do, the better, and if you're suffering, just suffer better. That is absolutely not my perspective on life. My perspective on life is that if pain can bring you gain, I'm all about that. I'm about gaining strength. I'm about gaining position. I'm all about gaining stuff to put me in a better position, to live a better life, to interact with people on a deeper level. That is my passion. People are my passion. And so to connect, I will suffer pain and I will go through painful trials but I'm not going to suffer better. I'm going to endure pain to be in a better place. I'm not going to suffer better. And so the terminology kind of hit me wrong and his whole book kind of hit me wrong. It seemed, now don't get me wrong. The guy has done some incredible things and I am, I stand amazed at his performance and his level that he's elevated himself. I have no desire to do that. And the overall gist of the book is he's still seeking his father's approval, even though his dad's passed away and his dad was a great man but like most great men had issues and his issue was alcohol and Cameron had never and still to this day this is what he said doesn't he feels like an imposter in his body now if you come from this redneck wisdom because I come from a family that's exactly the opposite my dad was there very much poured into my life and had a very well mostly stable life my parents did get divorced but my dad's voice in my head I've always felt like I was enough. I always felt that I can do great things and I have done a lot of great things. One of the greatest things is this family that I've been a part of and have done great things. And my dad, as he spoke into my life, I never feel like an imposter in my body. So I can't relate and I can't relate to that drive. Now I can appreciate the things he's done and I've done some things like, well, not like him, but had some pretty audacious goals that I've ran to, and I actually have a pretty audacious goal, which I'll probably reveal in the next few podcasts. And I'm all about goals, and I'm all about enduring pain, but I'm not going to suffer better. I'm going to endure. Okay, You may think I'm missing words, but I don't like that phrase, suffer better. And especially coming from in, in my mind and listening to the book as somebody that hasn't dealt with their own dysfunction and can't be comfortable with who they are and the great things they've accomplished and just as a person who they are. And I think there's a lot of people that deal with that out there that they feel like imposters in their body. And I want to be friends with them because I want to encourage them. And I want to say, you can do great things, but you don't have to do great things to not feel like an imposter because you are great in your own right. And that's just Tom's take on it. And it just, it kind of turns me the wrong way. The whole book seemed like a justification on not dealing with dysfunction and the great things that he did. And he says he's misunderstood and, and maybe I do misunderstand, misunderstand him. I don't, I don't think so. But one of the hardest things that I've ever faced in my life and been a weightlifter, I've lifted I won an Ironman award when I was young. I benched over 300 pounds. I mean, I'm a strong guy. I've had some pretty serious accomplishments, maybe not like Cameron Haynes has, but I've endured a lot of pain to get to some places physically that I want to. Now, not the fat that I now carry. That was really easy. But one of the hardest things was facing my own dysfunction and becoming aware and moving into it and no longer justifying it and just saying, this is what I do. 
Now, I'd be much more impressed with Cameron Haynes if he's like, I do feel comfortable. I'm at a place where I'm comfortable with myself, and I do these things because I love it. Now, I think he does love it, and you may say I'm splitting hairs and semantics, but it means something to me because the reason why we do things, if we do things out of dysfunction, it just kind of you know makes me want to, you know, I, I taste vomit in my mouth. Now, one of the coolest things about this book, and it totally caught me off guard because I honestly, yeah, the book was okay. And I appreciated his, his zeal. I have a lot of problems with him not resting, not recovering, being obsessive. And, you know, I, I think there's some peace out there for him. And I'm sure like him to find that, but he talks about his friend, Roy and Roy was up a lot like mine, but Roy was a little different. Roy was all right. So this is just content warning beep, beep, beep. If you don't like the Jesus stuff, you may need to turn it off for a while because Roy was a Christian and he was a follower of Jesus. Okay. And I'm not bringing this up to try to introduce you to Jesus. I mean, it's a big part of my life and I think he helps me with a lot of things, but that's not what this podcast is necessarily about. But his, his friend Roy was a Christian and his friend Roy had the same passion for hunting and similar as, uh, as Cameron, you know, they went on these incredible hunts and, you know, they kept in shape so they could hunt. But the reason Roy did it is because he had a love for people and it was a way for him to connect with men and connect with men about hunting and interact and build that community and introduce them to his good friend, Jesus. And so when I heard Cameron talk about Roy, I was like, wow. And he talks about Roy throughout this whole book and it's really touching. And, and in this chapter, I'll just spoiler alert, this chapter is about Roy passing and how Roy died in a hunting accident. He actually fell off a cliff or him and Cameron were going to hunt together and didn't work out. So they went on separate hunting trips. And in this chapter, Roy just re- reiterated the, the depths of their friendship and how he appreciated Roy. And I was shocked at how much I was moved. The chapter probably went on for 20 minutes. I think I cried through the whole thing. I'm working and I'm working by myself, but my eyes, I'm just crying and I'm sobbing at their friendship and their connection and that Roy's heart for his friend Cameron, because Cameron came from a fairly dysfunctional home and him and him and Roy had been friends for a long time and just the depths and how Roy just accepted Cameron for who he was. Never necessarily tried to change him, but they had a bond together. And so as Cameron was relating all this and just about Roy's passing and how Roy's wife handled it, it was like, I realized that Roy was an amazing, genuine man. And not that Cameron isn't, but I think he's still on his way. Roy was at peace, but he could also be extreme and have fun with Cameron. And he did it for the love of people, not to compensate for some mm, thing that's just left empty, which unfortunately a lot of fathers have done, have left a lot of empty places in their kids. And you know, that often leads to some great accomplishments, but it also leads to a very unhealthy life. And I'm, I'm shocked that Cameron's still married as he kind of reiterated in his book. But this podcast is about that chapter and how it moved me. And, and I often, as I'm getting older, I really practice being self-aware. And it's like, Tom, what was it about that chapter that just, it just broke you up? And I was just as I was feeling Cameron's loss and that intense loss. And then as Cameron talked about how Roy's wife handled it, she 
was an amazing pillar of strength. And I think that's one of the byproducts of being in cahoots with Jesus. Jesus has, it's this supernatural thing. There are things that you can't explain. And like Roy's life and then his wife's life and his strength and her strength as he passed and was just pretty amazing. And Cameron, as he was at the funeral, the really sad thing for me is that to this point, it doesn't really appear that Cameron connected with what really made Roy, Roy. But in all, I don't know, 20 chapters of this book, this was chapter eight, and I remember at the introduction, chapter eight, and Cameron also talks about losing his dad, but there's something about Cameron and Roy's relationship. And as I got to thinking about it, what moved me was this whole, because men are interesting characters. I think men are much more complex than women in their friendships. And that the kind of friendship that Roy and Cameron had is a rarity, but it is a beautiful thing. And when the chapter came where he really opened up about his relationship with Roy and the loss is that it is something that I have craved and I have sought all my life and I hide, I, I hold it in the highest esteem and of the greatest value is that brothers in arms kind of camaraderie that can get between two men where they go beyond the surface and they have experiences together, like really significant experience that bonds their souls together. And there's this connection so different than a man and a woman and most male friendships. I don't think most male friendships get beyond this, but where there's this, you just talk to each other and you just kind of know, and it just, it struck a deep, deep chord in me as like, gosh, that is the beauty and the gold that I search for. Cause I'm all about relationships. I love relationships. I mean, men to men and you know, uh, women to men. Well, we, yeah, we all like those relationships, but like men to children, you know, men to other women that aren't, you know, their intimate partners and the, all those relationships function so differently. And they just, they bring a lot of intrigue and I like exploring them and find out how to make those relationships deeper and stronger and still keep them within good, let's just say boundaries. Because if, if you're a friend with another man's wife, right, you, you, you don't want to be crossing those boundaries. You want to be that support and build your friend up in the eyes of his wife and and not be a distractor. And what we see so much in our culture is just like, well, if you can seduce her, then hey, that's one more scorecard for you. Click now. I am all about genuine relationships. And I know in my heart that I crave that. And in that book, what touched me off was something that was incredibly beautiful and amidst all the dysfunction that surrounded Cameron and probably Roy too. I mean, you live in this world, we have dysfunction and I don't think there's any of us that are kind of free of dysfunction. It's kind of like germs that are out there. You just pick them up and if they don't kill you, you know, they, they make you stronger. I don't Maybe, maybe, maybe a bad example there, but, uh, yeah, that, that beauty. And I just, that is something of extreme value. And as I, as I listened to the chapter, the thing that struck me that they just lived life together and they pursued their passions together and they made time for each other and that for friendships to grow and have depth, it takes time and it takes commitment and it takes shared experiences. And I'm just saying 
that I want to, I have some really good friends and I want to deepen those relationships and take those relationships deeper because they have a value that you can't quantify. You can't put money in those friendships and having recently lost a really good friend and you feel the weight of that. And it's like, you've lost, it's like the stock market goes down and you lose 20% of your investment. It's like that friend was a support and a pillar and a strength in your life. And when they're gone, the really the value you're missing a little bit. You don't have the same value. You don't have the same brightness in your life. Things are a little bit duller. And so I think the timing of this book also played into it, but I just want to encourage you if you're out there and you have friendships and maybe you have some guy friends and it's pretty shallow, how to take it to the deeper level. And with guys, I think you just, you got to just dive into the fricking awkward. I mean, it's advice that I've given my wife and I think guy to guy relationships, we kind of need this, not, not the weird guy to guy, you know, the happy gay relationships, but the, the healthy relationships where it's the brother and arm relationship. But my wife, I often say, honey, just use a club, just say it. So we dive into the awkward and with guys, it's just like saying, Hey, I know we've been friends for a few years and I just want to say, I believe you have value. You have tremendous value in my life. And I want to take this relationship farther and I'm committed to you and just get it out there. And you're probably not going to say the words the right way, but to express it and say it while they're here and you can build it. And it's like, Hey, what do you think about doing some things together and building some experiences? And, and maybe, you know, the guys are like, whoa, whoa. Well, then you kind of know, you know, sometimes we have to cross the boundary line and not fear and rejection. Because anytime we cross those boundary lines, you know, what's, whoa, whoa, you know, no, we're, we're just kind of surface friends here. There's two potentials. You get rejected. Well, then, you know, the other thing is the beauty. Yeah. I'd really like that. I need that in my life. I, Tom Baldwin, need that in my life. I cannot have enough strong male friends, brothers that take up arms that help me fight the battles in my life. And I help them fight the battles in their life. And as we have struggles, we share and we communicate and we problem solve and we support each other. I think the thing that moved me is that it is so countercultural the relationship that Cameron and Roy had and the beauty of that relationship. <sighs> It's just, it's so precious. And like I say, I've, I have so many great friends and if you don't, I just encourage you relationships have tremendous value. They take work and especially guy to guy relationships. I often joke with Adrian. She's like, Hey, I met this really great gal and we want to get together with husbands. Now, dude, if you've ever done that, I have been in some of the most awkward situations. I don't know how some of these amazing women that my wife met end up with some of these guys, but it is like pulling teeth. They come over and they're just sitting, and you can tell they got drugged there by their wife. It's like she said, no sex for a month unless you come to this. <laughs> it's like, and he's like, well, yeah, a month is a long time. I, I, I'm going to come, but I'm not going to say anything. You just have to come. <sighs> Yeah. Awkward, awkward, awkward. Building relationships with guys can be really hard and really difficult. And so it is worth it. 
at the same time i'm telling you it's awkward at the same time i'm telling you it's worth it sometimes you just got to sort through a few to find the good ones there are some amazing guys out there and my friends have proven they will go the distance for me and i will go the distance for them and so as we move ahead and women i kind of focus on guy relationships i think women i can't really speak to that ladies i'm sorry maybe i gave you some insight into guys i your relationships are kind of out of my realm. I've watched my wife do them, and I don't know that I have a whole lot of advice other than, yeah, keeping it real there too. It's like embrace the awkward. The awkward is pretty wonderful and uh, because you can say things, as long as you don't mind awkward, you can say things that have meaning and last and that you rarely will regret that you have said. Now, you put yourself out there. Sometimes people can like just say, no, nope, I'm not interested. That can be a little hurtful, but you're strong. Right. And you can deal with that. And if, if you're that easily hurt, well, come back and we'll talk again. We'll get you some fortification. Talk about getting some good identity that isn't so fragile. That's the other thing. I'm just going to end. He's like, he keeps bringing up the Jesus stuff. When you get to know Jesus, he gives you his identity. And he says, I am pleased. And there's this thing that as men, we don't really know what to do with. It's called unconditional love. Now, it's incredibly good for us, makes us feel really wonderful, but we're not quite, because we're often performance-oriented, but when he comes in and he says, oh, yeah, I don't care about all that other stuff. Yeah, you can you can be better, and as we're in relationship, I'm going to help you do better and achieve great things, but I love you for who you are right now. Now, guys often don't know what to do with that. I was fortunate, and I'll just say it, I had a great father who spoke that to me my whole life, and so when I actually met Jesus and he said it, it was easier for me to process. Still a little hard because guys are guys and we do great things and we do things and we identify with what we do. So it can be a little difficult, but it is the bonus. Yeah. I'm it's because I care about you that I'm sharing this, but I'll leave it there. I just want to say if you happen to read the book tell me what you think about chapter eight. It really moved me. And I was, I was moved to tears the whole book and just off the beauty, the depth of a relationship of two men, brothers in arms, living life together, having fun, having adventure together. It fills your tank more than anything can fill your tank. So, Hey, go out there, fill your tank. If you don't have any friends, it's well, I was going to say it's easy. It's not. It's a little scary because if you don't have friends and you have to go to places and you try to introduce yourself, sometimes it can be really hard to make friends. You just need some perseverance, but it is worth it. I encourage you to, if you're into whatever you're into, find a group that does that kind of thing, attend it. It's probably a good place to find some friends. Now, I would say church, but you're just like, hey, we hit the Jesus max there. So kind of done with that. Hey. Hey, I so appreciate you. Hey, I have been holding off talking about COVID, monkeypox, vaccines, the whole nine yards. I've kind of been biting my tongue, but man, I've got, I've got to spill it out. So next podcast, we're going to, we're going to go there probably. So stay tuned because by the time that podcast comes out, you may be encouraged to be getting a monkeypox vaccine and uh, yeah, well, and put the mask, the damn mask back on. Hey, <laughs> sidetrack Tom here. No, this isn't sidetrack Tom. It's Tom who occasionally gets sidetracked, but is becoming better. And so he doesn't get sidetracked. And the sidetracks are absolutely entertaining. And 
you love them. All right. So at the end, past the long pause, there's a great dad joke coming up. Well, maybe it's not a dad joke. It might even be racist. No, because we'll make it somewhat. Anyway, hey, go out there. Man, make a friend, right? Because I got you. It's scary, but I'm here and I got you. Oh, the long pause, the long pause, long pause. I'm looking at my wife's slippers. Yeah, the long pause here in the closet, the long pause. When did the post credits start, Tom? Huh? Nice hat, Adrian. Oh, yeah. Nice dress. Oh, I like the cleavage in that dress. Did you say that now? Oh, those shoes look good. Yeah, I like those shoes. All right, time for the dad joke. So, there's this guy, and we're just going to say, so you can't call me a racist, it's a white guy. But he has no arms and no legs, and he's in front of a door. What do you call him? See you later. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. Just some exit notes here. If uh, you're listening to this, you're listening to one of three podcasts. There are two other podcasts you might be interested in. So there is my Sanguine podcast. There is the Yup podcast and a podcast specifically designed for encouraging women of all ages. The Yes Women podcast. I just encourage you to go and try some more of Tom Baldwin's podcast.